Hello and welcome to this new podcast series, Sharing a Piece of Pie, talking about SAP IBP or Integrated Business Planning. I'm your host, Jonathan Fogarty, and I have the pleasure of guiding you through some fascinating conversations about how to unlock the secrets of IBP and how it can help your business. Whether you're still on your L plates in the planning world like me, or you can steer it like a Formula One driver, there will be something here for everyone. Each week, we will have some fascinating guests to share real-world use cases and hear how business is doing integrated planning. But the real star of the show, joining me each week to navigate through it all, is a chap who lives and breathes IBP. Some call him the Daniel Ricardo of planning, Mr. Mark Golly. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Jonathan. I just note uh, that Daniel Ricardo is now out of a job, right? So <laughs> that's okay. Um, at least I haven't had my license revoked as yet. Right? Well, let's so. see how this episode unfolds and whether you'll be doing a shoey or you will be out of a job. Correct. <laughs> Mate, it's been a highlight so far. I've really enjoyed our episodes. Some great episodes for people that haven't joined us yet. Episode one, we talked about using business language to encourage adoption. Uh, episode three was a good one. It was all about keeping it simple for people to, to really get their teeth around the tool. And, and who can forget the seminal episode number four, mm-hmm. where we discussed the best possible UI for planner adoption. But today, yeah. Mark and I, I really want to dive into this concept of, and this, this notion of people embarking on an IBP project for the first time and how do they create value and deliver some early wins. Mark, this is where I let you loose, I guess. Projects of this nature, they're much more than just technology, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. They certainly are. And in fact, most projects, um, I believe, have um, the technical side as an enabler, not a driver. Right. So for me, um, one of the key watchouts for me in any project is if the project is being IT-led or business-led. Right? So, um, And the flag for me is that if they're IT-led, the inherent danger of, from a business user perspective is that it becomes the crutch to lean on um, um, to drive the results, not the process to actually drive the results. So, um, which And it should be enabled by the technology, not driven by the technology. And, and I look at that from the perspective of you're actually asking people to actually think differently, behave differently and adopt new ways of work. We're actually asking um, people to change the culture of their business to be able to adapt and innovate. And therefore, it is so much more than just technology. Okay, let's let's use that as a stepping off point because the whole concept of today's episode and what we want people to get a sense of is, is that the end of the project isn't the nirvana state there's an opportunity as you go along to get some quick wins or low-hanging fruits or whatever the appropriate term is as a as a guy who spent a lot of time in and around these sorts of projects how do you get the business to recognize those sorts of milestones or outcomes whatever you want to call them and actually get excited about them yeah and another excellent question uh, jonathan and i think for me in our experiences we actually had to sit back and we actually had to understand a few triggers um, and and where the value lied in from a, uh, where the value lied from a business process perspective, and for us it was about identifying what's important right, um, to 
commence that engagement, maintain that engagement and develop that ongoing enthusiasm, but also to temper that with what is actually realistic. So like you said, Nirvana is a you know, place that you're aiming to achieve, your North Star. But for us, for example, simple little things like we um, upon our go live, we actually had a four-week daily plan um, where we had a list of achievements that we wanted to achieve every day and that we reviewed with our key stakeholder group. We course corrected if we needed. Things like simple little things which resulted in um, uh, great engagement and a sense of achievement for, um, the, um, um, for the team. Um, and for the release team and for the SMEs and for the business. So, for, for example, um, our objective was to, um, within two weeks of go live um, of the IBP modules, um, to release an IBP-based demand plan for our A and B um, classification um, um, SKUs. So, like our high-volume, high-velocity um, and high-value SKUs. And when you achieve that, that's a big tick, right? That's a... That's a milestone that people can celebrate, right? Um, and that is the step one in terms of value realisation because now they're not relying on something of, from a legacy system or being blind right, um, to actually then drive the value. So two weeks to release an IBP demand plan. We say three weeks to release a supply plan, right? Um so you've released a demand plan, you've released that to supply. The supply guys have actually now created a rough cut capacity plan for the team to actually then start to um, change into a production schedule for then the breweries to start producing again, for example. And for us, those little wins were a really big way for us to actually build engagement, build enthusiasm, and then... Um, a sense of achievement, which then actually drove us on to actually bigger and better things. After two months, for example, our task was to actually, another example is that in, by month two, we we're actually doing our first IBP cycle, which is, involves um, getting volume, passing it through to supply, and then cashing up a plan, right, kind of thing. And that was within two months. All of these little things may seem, um, milestones may seem, small individually but collectively they represent little wins for each of the teams and they and drive engagement and the best thing that we could have done was to actually then communicate how we were actually progressing against these plans to all stakeholders at all times and then when the plan is actually delivered we actually celebrated the achievements to the business to the stakeholders and by the team i love it and obviously on behalf of all Fans of your work everywhere, thank you for keeping the beer flowing because that's uh, that's a very important outcome. I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people. But, Mark, let me put you on the spot a little bit because sometimes the low-hanging fruit is actually hidden away behind a process change. It's not a technology. It's not a data uh, challenge. What does it take to get the business on board with collaborating on a change process to achieve an outcome? How, how do you sell that? Whose job is it? Uh, and, and how do you get that done? Yeah, listen, you've got a whole stack of great questions <laughs> today, Jonathan, which is fantastic. For me, it's actually about collaborating on a, collaborating on a change is 
in the process is absolutely the starting point is the business process level. Right? So um, this is where I believe the resilience and change is actually embedded. Right? And getting the business process owner enthused and engaged is actually a great way to demonstrate success and the delivery when a plan comes together. So for me, it's about working with um, the business process owner to actually identify those process-based changes, building the resilience, building the program as to the reasons why, right, and then actually executing against that plan, and then actually having the business uh, process owner celebrate that success when the plan comes together. So it is about collaboration, and for me, the key stakeholder in that, whether it be um, a, a a chief financial officer or a supply a chief supply chain planner or whatever it is, right? Um, it is the owner of that business process, right? Um, and they're the ones that actually drive the resilience and the reasons for change within the business because that's what you're asking them to do. You're asking them to change the way that they're working. Yeah, wonderful answer and, and really thought-provoking, I'm sure, for our listeners. Because I guess success on these low-hanging fruits can really then, I guess, snowball and that turns into better adoption and increased mm -hmm. engagement from the business and it's almost a, a self-fulfilling cycle for the rest of the project and beyond. Yeah. Is this sort of the main reason why you want to target these first rather than go big bang, let's just do everything and and give them that big woohoo moment at the end? Uh, you know, what, what are the risks of projects and, and maybe project directors and project planners sitting back the moment thinking about maybe we should try and deliver everything in, in one go rather than maybe incremental successes? Well, it, it's funny you should mention that, Jonathan, because um, in our experience we did do a big bang, but we actually broke that up into like little milestones, right? and which then did exactly, as you said, drove engagement, drove enthusiasm, drove greater outcomes for the business, right? So, um, but the risks of actually delivering things in one go is that remembering you're changing the way you're working. So I've narrowed it down to about four, right? Um, um, four key risks that I see. And remembering you're changing the ways you're working, challenging the, the culture of the business, right? And that if you do everything in one go without breaking it down into little milestones and little successes is that the change, car, change task could be too big, right? It could be too big and therefore you get resistance to that change, right? So people will get overwhelmed, right? People will, um, will just um, result, uh, um, sorry, ref review and ref revert back to their old ways of working. Right, but if you break it down into bite-sized chunks, then and into small milestones, releasing a plan in two weeks, focusing on your A's, releasing a plan in another two weeks, focusing on your B's, you know that kind of thing, it suddenly becomes more achievable. Right, um, so there's not enough time to actually embed the change. Right, so as you go a big bang, you're just plowing through everything and we use a 70-20-10 model where 10% is in classroom, 20% is is learning off of each other and 70% is on the job. So if you deliver everything in one go, again, linking back to the first one, the change task could be too big, right? And you're asking people to remember a huge amount of information, new information, not embedded information at this point in time. Um, 
but there's not enough time to actually embed that change. The third piece is that the by delivering everything in one go and not breaking them down into small milestones is that the results are actually slow to present themselves, right? And therefore, don't get to celebrate the small things as much, right? Engagement tends to wane, enthusiasm tends to wane, resilience tends to wane, right, at that point in time. And therefore, the adoption of the new ways of work is tougher, right? And for me, coming out of the Sarah cycle, the shock, anger, um, rejection, acceptance, help cycle takes a lot longer to achieve, right, kind of thing. Um, and the last thing is that, for me, you actually risk losing the forest through the trees if you don't have a um, milestone, mini milestone plan um, building towards your end game, right? And you actually risk um, um, losing sight of that long-term um, objective um, to achieve the short-term goals. So for me, that's the risk of delivering everything in one go. We did it, but we did it by breaking it down into mini milestones and celebrating those when we achieve them. Okay. Well, maybe you mentioned Sarah, but maybe I'll be Debbie Downer and throw you a real curveball, Mark. <laughs> how, how do you prevent the feeling or the, the sense in the organisation that it's just continuous project cycle, continuous uh, never-ending uh, change fatigue? Because isn't that kind of the other side of the pendulum that you, you've made it, con uh, you've chopped it up into small bite-sized chunks, you've eaten the elephant the appropriate way? It isn't kind of the alternate view of that is that the, the project seems to go on forever and we're never really getting any closer to the finish line? Yeah, that is, that's obviously um, the flip side of that. But I think that from our perspective, we can overcome that as leaders by actually saying those small milestones are just a stepping stone towards the actual end goal. Um, and it's about progress, not perfection, right? And I think that that's really coming to the fore um, in terms of um, IBP planning um, um, as well, is that it's not about... Um, uh, it's about the process, right? And the process doesn't need to be perfect to start off with. There is a journey to be undertaken, right? Um, and it is about the progress towards that journey. And if people can actually, uh, if you articulate that that progress over perfection journey, and if you can demonstrate that you're taking one step in that in that um, um, in that hundred steps, for example, and you're doing it consistently. And you're um, and you're doing it well consistently, then people will tend to go. Okay, I can see we're making progress. It may not be as quickly as, as we want, but we are actually making progress, and there is a plan, right? So, can you accelerate from that? Perhaps, maybe if you throw resources at it. But I think the key is to communicate the plan and deliver on that plan constantly and consistently into a high quality. Okay. Well, you've sold me, Mark, breaking into small chunks, the way the organisation can help digest that change, create this track record of success, almost this sort of culture of success and, and value that you've talked about to gain adoption and momentum, focusing on the process and the people. So you, you, you've, you've hit all of the highlights. Any other wise words on creating value and, and early wins for those that are, that are nervous about starting out on this journey? 
Um, yeah, just a, a last thought. I, said, I, I think that there's four parts to it. You know, is that I, I like to think big, challenge people to think big, right? um, deliver constantly and consistently, right? innovate, and then celebrate and communicate. As simple as that. Yeah. I, I really like to challenge people to think big. Don't let their... Um, um, don't let the circumstances dictate the narrowness of your solution or anything like that. But think big, be bold, right? deliver constantly, consistently, innovate, and then celebrate and communicate. Well, absolutely crystal clear, concise, interesting, and ultimately useful, not unlike one of Mark's IBP projects, I'm sure. <laughs> there it is. You've heard it from the master himself. Include your people. Deliver small amounts of value on a broader plan uh, and make sure people understand what they've achieved and celebrate the success. And, and Mark, ultimately, that's a big thing, isn't it? To actually acknowledge what they've done and to celebrate that. I, I reckon that's one of the most important things. Yeah, most definitely. And um, in, our, um, in our experiences, it is all about celebrating with the people, you know, um, with stakeholders, with the business, but with the people that have actually um, done all the heavy lifting as well. And that's where they get their greatest sense of achievement. Well, once again, Mark Golly, you've done all the heavy lifting on this podcast. We are enjoying and learning as we go week to week. Sadly, that is all the time we have left for this episode of Sharing a Piece of Pie with Friends, the SAP IBP podcast. I've been your host, Jonathan Fogarty. To Mark Golly, our sage, our wise old hour of the planning world. Thank you, Mark. We really cherish your time. I hope you enjoyed that one. Sayonara, everyone. Good on you. Until we meet again, on behalf of Mark, I'm Jonathan Fogarty. Thanks for joining us, but it's bye for now. <laughs>